Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and co-host Van Davison. Talking today about developing a prayerful heart for living and loving. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Ellison Salazar, garage and body shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Welcome, Love Talk. We are in the studio today, and with me is a very special guest. We are talking, going to be talking today about building bridges of love across Central Texas and the world because we are on the Internet. We are worldwide. If you put us on your iPhone, the bridge, you can pick us up anywhere. But my best friend, he loves me even though I'm not perfect, is with me. Van, happy day. (laughs) Thank you. Glad to be with you. Yeah. Well, your voice is always so good. All, all your friends will say you really ought to be on every Saturday with Evelyn. Yeah, I always tell them my, my preacher ever, almost every Sunday tells me he wished he had that radio voice. Yeah, well, you surely have it. Well, we are excited about being here today. We're going to talk about developing a prayerful heart, a loving heart. And, you know, we know that, you know, it takes a lot of love to do a lot of things. And that's what Love Talk's all about. And so we are excited to have you uh, here sitting in with us today. Thank you. Well, you're uh, welcome. I had to make sure you were talking to me. Yeah. Well, we had a little bad start this morning. First time in 30 years that I have been on radio, we've been on radio, I left the dialogue sheet at home and the, the uh, uh, log for the our good sponsors. But it's 
tells me over and over again, I'm not perfect, and the Lord has the holy eraser. I made a mistake one time. I thought I was wrong, but I was right. Well, we have a very special guest with us today. We're going to be talking about a prayerful heart, a prayerful church, a prayerful community. And uh, who is our guest with us today? Our guest today is Dr. Kai Bowman, a good friend of ours from long years back. Uh, He's a senior pastor at Hyde Park Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Uh, He's uh, 23 years and counting there. And uh, he's an evangelist, travels worldwide. Uh, He's an author of a number of books, including The King and His Community, Bedtime Devotions with Jesus. That sounds like something my mother would have read to me whenever I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, And One Year Daily Devotions. Devotional, excuse me. And so we're glad to have you, Dr. Bowman. Thank you, brother. God bless you both. It's great to be here. All right. He's already made a mistake today, Dr. Kai. Well, he's prophesying. He said, I've been at Hyde Park 23 years. Uh I've been there 17. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe if God will bless me, I'll be there 23 and beyond. Oh, I know you will. I appreciate that. It's a prophecy. I'll receive it. We love you. We had a long uh, tenure at uh, Hyde Park, and then we moved out of town, and uh, we came back. We had... uh, Two grandchildren that we had not spent much time with, and uh, so we chose it. We just really grieved for about three weeks or so about whether to go back to High Park or to go where our grandchildren were, and so we had to make that decision based on family love. And so, but you know, you all are our family. We just look at you as family, and we're so thrilled. We that love you're with you us, too, both of you, with us today. And one of the other things I haven't mentioned is that you are part of our new book that's coming out, Praising and Praying Across Texas. Thank you very much for asking me to be a part of it. I'm honored. Believe what me. are you writing about? What I'm writing about is something close to my heart, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to write on the subject, the church as the house of prayer. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like me to talk a little bit about that, I, I can... We're going to... That's what we want to yeah. talk about today, All right. it, because um, it is so interesting that people can recite prayers and then get up and just go the opposite way sometimes <laughs> of the way the Lord leaves, but... Uh, I, I want to ask you, we love Hyde Park. What is it that makes your heart sing about Hyde Park? Well, I love Hyde Park's people. Mm-hmm. I love our people. We are a loving fellowship, and uh, we love the Lord, and we love each other. And so when you have, it's a family. And so it I would say family. it's the people of the church. And, of course, the Lord has given us a vision, along with many other churches in this city, to reach our city for Christ and to disciple believers, and to grow in the Lord ourselves. And, you know, we enjoy doing that together. So I, I just love our church. Our church is willing to take on big challenges and and uh, move forward in new ways, and it's exciting to be a part of it. And we have uh, one thing that I love about Hyde Park is that we're a very diverse church. We're a multicultural, multi-language, multi-ethnic, multi-site, multi-musical style church. We focus on the word multiples. We have every language you can imagine. We have every race you can imagine, uh, every socioeconomic group you can imagine, every age. We're in multiple locations. So I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I like being a part of a church that really represents a lot of the diversity that you see uh, every day as you're walking down the street in Austin, Texas. And you go to work. 
You know, it's it's part of our life today. Part of it. Well, it that's was the thing that was so close to my heart and just really was saddened when Vin and I moved up to the lake is that I was the co-coordinator for the International Division, and at that time we had seven ethnic congregations. Absolutely, right. And served as the church's um, hospitality chairman. That right. was before our friend Norma, mm-hmm. Norma mm-hmm. came. Sure. Uh, so it was really, it was like getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Leaving Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. I stayed yeah. on. Well, we still a, love you. Well, yeah. You've, you've forgiven me, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, We're saving well, you a pew. Oh, okay. We might need to have a funeral down there pretty quick. No, no, no. Uh, what was life like for you as a child growing up, and where did you grow up? Well, I'm from Fairbanks, Alaska, and uh, it, the rumors are true. It was cold. It is cold. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> we have a <clears throat> beautiful summer, but it's too short. And so I grew up in Alaska most of my life, although for part of my life during my grade school years, I lived in the Midwest uh, with my family, and so that was a lot of fun. We lived on a farm, had horses and all the animals and all uh-huh. that. But most of my life has been in Alaska, and I, I, Alaska is my home. So, uh, you know, those are my memories for the you, most part. You know, we went to Alaska a couple of years ago, and the thing that amazed me was the amount of land that's yeah. just sitting there. Yeah. If you laid Alaska over the, if you took the actual landmass of Alaska and laid it over the map of the United States, it would reach from Savannah, Georgia to San Jose, California. Ooh. It's really huge and, yeah. uh, and, and very sparsely populated. When I was growing up, uh, it uh, was a population of 250,000 for the entire state. We're talking about a state that's three times the size of Texas mm-hmm. landmass, but a population of 250,000. So that, that was the least populated state in the country. And so it was very different than growing up uh, in Austin, Texas, or living in Austin. But I love Austin, and this is my home now. And you, you don't mind the, the hot weather. No, I love it. Well, Dr. Bowman, um, life is so different today mm. than it was perhaps when you grew up. When I grew up, um, I grew up in the, the piney woods of Texas. Mm. And uh, I can remember as a child, we, had, we cooked and heated by wood. Mm. Uh, being in the big thicket, that's just what you did. Yeah. Uh, and life today is so mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see that's different today about families than maybe when you grew up or I grew up? Well, the rise of single families. You know, the single family household is the biggest difference, I presume, that we could point to. Uh, and we have more singles today than we have married adults in the United States for the first time in American history. And that presents real challenges. I pastor a lot of single adults and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of single parents. And it's difficult to be a single parent. It's difficult to be a parent, but it's very difficult to be a single parent. So I would say the the challenge of uh, so many single uh, mothers and fathers trying to raise their families uh, and juggle the the challenges of single parenthood, that's one of the biggest differences. It is, and it's um, the exciting thing is that churches open their hearts to single families today in ways that uh, even when Van and I got married, we lived in California, and there was no single department sure. in our church. Right. So what we did on Saturday night, we brought in all the Navy guys in town that will need a chocolate yeah. cake. Amen. And that's one of the first ministries that Van and I had together. That's a great so, ministry. Well, it is exciting. Um, 
I want us to take our break, Mike. Let's do that. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is the greatest need in a family's life today or in the life of a church right after this. Stay with us. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca, and they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hit Tim's. Back, uh, Evelyn and I are having a good time here with Dr. Bowman, and uh, I'll put her back on and let her tell us well, all know, about man, it. it. It is exciting to go back and look at yesterday, but I can tell you it is more exciting to me, Dr. Bowman <laughs> and Van, to look at tomorrow Amen. because every day has the mistakes of its own. Uh, one of the things I discovered this week that for years and years and years, as long as I'm old, and that's I'm hitting close to 84 now, uh, is that John 3.16 has been America's has been America's uh, scripture. Hmm. People, more people know John hmm. 3.16. But this week, Amazon came out and said that's not true any longer. Huh. Uh, the new one is from Philippians uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 4, 6 through 7, which says, Be anxious for nothing, but by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, huh. let your requests be made known to God. And I think that's really exciting. Um, how Back about that? From John 3.16, and that's right off the thing this morning. How about that? That people are anxious. Uh, it's a nervous time. Absolutely. That's interesting to me. I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up. I'm going to need that information as we go forward as we preach and yeah, reach people that's yeah. good information thank well, you and i can understand it because people are nervous and anxious there's so many things to uh that are alarming today and without faith without prayer without the people of god surrounding one another 
Where does a person turn? I don't know. It's not I good. I honestly don't know. Well, what thank do you God think for the is the greatest of need of families today? We talked about single parents and how yeah. they need the church. Well, it's a good question. I don't know that I know the greatest need of families, be, uh, but I think one of the problems or one of the challenges that I see, I'm a pastor, a lot of people in our church, is the is is one of the challenges is also one of the great things about our culture. Good. It's good, but it also presents a lot of challenges, and that is we have so many options, so many opportunities, uh, so much technology. Um, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was looking at some information that just came out that the the amount of information, Evelyn, that we as a culture, as a worldwide human race has accumulated in the last 10 years. Ten years, okay. Is greater than all the information accumulated by the previous history of the human race combined. So we are living in the age of information, and it's an avalanche. We can't take it all in. The amount of information that you and I are exposed to on a daily basis is five times greater than the amount of information we received on a daily basis only in 1986. So that wasn't that long ago. So we are bombarded with information. Now, one of the challenges, I don't know if our listeners have thought about this all that much, uh, but think about your own home. Your children may be the first generation of children who know more than their parents. <laughs> when, when we need, well, think about it. When we need to know how to run our computers or fix our phones, we go to who? Our, our kids. They don't come to us. We go to them. So that puts an unusual dynamic on the family. It's great in a lot of ways because we're providing our children with things we never had. But I love what Dr. James Dobson said years ago. In your effort to try and give your children what you never had, be sure you don't fail to give them what you did have. I don't know if I garbled that up well enough, but you understand what I'm trying to say. So I think just the tremendous number of options for family life, the the challenges of, of what am I going to choose to do when there are so many different things that I can do, not only for kids, but for moms and dads and every member of the family, we're all going at breakneck pace mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like never before. We're hurried. We're busy. No wonder this passage of Scripture about anxiety, be anxious for nothing, has risen as one of our favorite passages. Right. We are bombarded by a culture that is 24-7, 365. We never, we're like the old song about New York. But now this is all of us. We never sleep we never stop. It is constant activity. And that can be very difficult for any family, especially when you're trying to raise children. Well, it is difficult also uh, to have private time right. where you can communicate with right. the one who made us, the one who loves us, the one who empowers us. Right. And I, one of the things, and we've just gone through uh, the month of October, and which was Pastor Appreciation Month, right. uh, is that we do appreciate your leadership and all the leadership of our pastors. Amen. Because without you, we wouldn't have an anchor uh, to the community that you're talking about. The church is God's place of community, but it's also something else. It should be a house of prayer, and we want to talk about that today. Amen. But let's talk a minute about the life of pastors. We've gone through, in the last few weeks, a really difficult time in Houston. Sure. With the pastors who are being harassed Mm -hmm. by a government that is changing daily. Right. 
Well, uh, I stand with those pastors in Houston. Of course, we've had some good news come out of that because the mayor of Houston has backed down Mm -hmm. for now on part of her demand to subpoena pastor's sermons, emails, text, private conversations that they have with their own church members. I found it, you know, and a lot's been said about this, and I'm no expert on it, but one of the things that I found interesting was when the the mayor of Houston did uh, retract her demands for sermons, um, she said she didn't want to have a conversation about religious liberty. Well, that conversation was had when we got the Bill of Rights more than 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. The First Amendment to the Constitution guarantees not just preachers, but all of us the right to religious liberty, to believe in the God we love or to deny there's any God. That's our privilege as a people. And uh, for the state to step in and demand to see subpoena sermons... Mm is a violation of religious liberty in America. Now, I think I've never seen pastors galvanize so quickly around a subject as I did that. It didn't matter what denomination or what size church or what political persuasion these pastors may have had before. On that subject, pastors were instantaneously galvanized and unified. And uh, and the and the reaction from across the country to what happened in Houston was so immediate that uh, I believe that the mayor of Houston saw that this was not a bone she wanted to pick and it wasn't a battle she wanted to fight. But it's just the beginning of, or I should say, it's the most recent example Mm -hmm. of an attack against Christianity in the country. And uh, there's been a lot said about that. I'm not an expert on the subject, but it's clear to me that one of the biggest changes we've seen in the 21st century is not just a an, an intolerance of Christianity or a mild annoyance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that people may have about Christianity, but an aggressive attack against those who believe. And this will get, I predict, And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think it'll get worse before it gets better in the United States. And we'll just have to see how that goes. And, of course, we're here to talk about prayer somewhat. Mm -hmm. Never has the people, never in my lifetime have the people of God been more energized by prayer and for the need for prayer than we are right now. And one of the reasons that may be, God may be bringing his Mm -hmm. people together for prayer because you know, frankly, we've tried it our way, and we see how that works. It's time we try it God's, God's way, and God has called his people to prayer. And when, when people pray, God moves. Absolutely. He promises that. He promises that. He said, call to me, and I'll I will answer. answer you, and I will show yes. you great and mighty things which you do not know, which gives us the confidence that We have a God who answers in unprecedented ways. When we pray unprecedented prayers to unprecedented challenges, God answers in unprecedented ways because he said, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Well, praise God. There are some new things under the sun and the new things under the sun are the answers 
to prayer when God answers his crying church in prayer. Dr. Uh, Ronnie Floyd, who is president of Southern Baptist, is calling a nationwide call to prayer. Amen. And it's basically to, uh, his call is to humbly come together before God in clear agreement. Right. Visible union. Amen. In extraordinary prayer for the next great awakening and for the world to be reached for Christ. Amen. Dr. Floyd is a close friend of mine, and I've been with him on two occasions in the last six months or less. I saw you on, a, on a YouTube. Right. Uh, we have met together uh, in Dallas, and then I most recently met with him in Atlanta. Uh, I... Because he is calling pastors to join for days of prayer. We just get together with, you know, sometimes a hundred or maybe a few more pastors from around the country. And uh, we just pray, spend a day or two in prayer. But here's the thing that I love about that. And this may collide with something you want to pursue later on. But Austin, Texas is more poised for a great move of God than any city that I've ever seen in my life. Amen. And the reason for that, well, one of the one of the obvious reasons for it, maybe not the reason, but one of the examples or, or one of the pointers, indicators, is the unity of pastors in Austin, Texas. I have never, I always have loved pastors all my life. Uh, I am a pastor. My friends are pastors. Uh but I have never seen such unity, and like Dr. Floyd calls for visible union. I've never seen such unity among pastors in a city in my entire life. I believe we're the secret, the best kept secret in, evangelic, in the evangelical world right now is the unity of God's people in Austin, Texas. Now, when the pastors are unified, that flows right on through the churches. And quite honestly, I think the churches generally... The average Christian in the church is probably more unified with the other average Christians in the church because they work together and live together and go to school together than sometimes pastors have been. So now that pastors are coming together like we do in Austin with such warmth and generosity toward one another, I've had many of these guys in my pulpit and some of them have had me preach for them and we see that happening all over the city. We pray together on a regular basis. We plan initiatives to reach our city together. When you see pastors doing that, the people in the pew sense, hey, this is different and it's good. The people in the pew have been waiting for us to catch up for a long while. So I thank God for some of the other pastors in the city that are coordinating that and leading that, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And it's all centered around prayer. We hear that from our pastor, Steve Washburn. Amen. Uh, he's always talking about getting together with other pastors and no praying. And, he and has a group of young things. pastors that he's discipling. Sure. Uh, because that's one of the missions of our church is, uh, I think we've started seven missions in, Amen. in that part of Travis County and Williamson County. Sure. But, you know, when you look at it uh, from a, a point of view of the world, when mm-hmm. the world looks at the church, mm-hmm. they don't see the value often of what church does. Right. And sometimes it happens uh, to, I think sometimes some of the conflict that comes outside the church, uh, when it penetrates inside the church, becomes a detriment to what God wants to do. But 
the key and the weapon that we have that the world does not have Amen. is prayer. No question. It's prayer. No question. And what I want us to talk about, we need to take our break, Michael, and when we come back, I want to know what your heart tells us about what it takes for a church to be a house of prayer. Because Wonderful. God, that's what Great. a church is to be. Is that right? I, I believe so, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Without a doubt. I have no doubts either. I have no doubt. So we're going to put our no doubts together when we come <laughs> yeah. back. Right after this. Stay with us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davidson and Van Davidson. Here at the Bridge, 1120, Today's Christian Talk. Welcome back to Love Talk. Uh, we're having a good time here talking with uh, Dr. Bowman today. And, uh, of course, Evelyn chimes in and gives her gives us her <laughs> little spiel every once in a while, too. Uh, but we welcome that. And we're going to find out, we're just going to talk about what does it take uh, for a church to become a house of prayer. And so we're going to, I'll let Evelyn just quiz Well, Dr. the first Bowman thing I'd that. say, it takes a good pastor. Oh, my goodness. Amen. And a Dr. Kai Boba. So let's talk about that, Dr. Kai. Uh, what should the church be? Well, I believe the house of prayer is the model for the church. And um, I had a well-meaning brother in Christ come up to me several years ago and say, I don't agree with you on that. 
that when Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer, he was referring to the Jewish temple. Now, this was what the man said. And, of course, there's he's technically correct. Jesus was in the temple, uh, cleansing the temple. When he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, he was quoting Isaiah, the prophet, who prophesied, my house will be called a house of prayer. So it was, a, it was an interesting challenge. It sent me back to the word of God. And so is the church an inheritor of that prophecy, my house will be a house of prayer. Well, if it is, and I believe it is, then we should be able to see in the early church that they operated as a house of prayer. So without going through every scripture, let me just make this statement. Then I'd like to show you two or three quick scriptures, not preach, but just show you what the Bible says. Let me show you that when you turn to the book of Acts, which is the, 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 the story of the early church. The book of Acts in almost every single chapter is one big, huge event that moves the gospel of Jesus further, one chapter after another, and almost without exception, every one of those events is preceded by powerful prayer. Now, here's the key, and I'm going to show you this in a couple of key passages. That prayer that moved the church forward in the book of Acts in almost every one of the chapters is not just the personal devotions of an individual. We know that Peter and James and John and Paul prayed. We're not doubting that. But it wasn't just the personal devotional life of the individual apostles. It was the congregations coming together and crying out to God that moved the church forward and the big epochs of church history that, that advanced the church from one thing to the next all began in prayer. And if I could, I'd like to show you a couple of examples of that. If you look at Acts chapter 1, you see the days before the Pentecost, when the church was born, you see in Acts 1.14, for instance, the Bible says all these, that is, all the apostles, the women that were there, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there, etc. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, that's the early church after the resurrection, before the coming of the Holy Spirit. Then when you look at... Uh, Chapter 2, there are other examples in chapter 1, but just moving on to some of the bigger ones. In, in chapter 2, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now, we've already been told that they spent all their time in prayer, so we know what they were doing. They were praying. And so, like Jim Cimbala out of Brooklyn Tab says, the church wasn't born while somebody was preaching. The church was born while somebody was praying. And I love what a Lutheran evangelist from the 20th century, Armin Gesswein, used to say. He said the early church didn't attend a prayer meeting. The early church was a prayer meeting. So Pentecost came and the church was born while the church was what? Praying. They prayed 10 days and preached 10 minutes and 3,000 were saved. Well, when we look at the first thing they did after the 3,000 were saved, Van, it's amazing what the Scripture says. Verse 42 of Acts 2, after the, after the baptisms and all of the 3,000 saved, the Bible says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. 
Now, here's what's critical and crucial about that. And I love the way the English Standard Version, which is a relatively new translation, but it's a very literal translation. And this is literally what the Greek text says. It doesn't say they devoted themselves to prayer, although that's a good translation. It's more literal. They devoted themselves to the prayers. Now, what's the difference? The prayers means the, the organized prayer meetings, the organized congregational gatherings. Let me give you another example. When you turn over to Acts chapter 6, you have the exact same thing. And we uh, let me remind everybody that the church had an internal problem that caused a slowdown in the growth of the church in Acts chapter 6. It was the first slowdown in the growth of the church, and it didn't come because of persecution on the outside. It came because of an internal rift of fellowship on the inside. And there's a lesson there, and that's another sermon. But nevertheless, the internal rift came, and uh, some widows were being ignored, uh, accidentally, we presume, in the daily distribution of food. They were, there were thousands of people. Can you imagine the food distribution ministry they had there? This was massive. I mean, th- you know what it's like to pull together uh, a National Day of Prayer once a year yeah, and feed all of us breakfast. Well, imagine feeding 12,000, 15,000 people a day. Uh, and that's what they were doing every single day. Well, some widows were being overlooked. Some grumbling started. And the apostles were called in. And you remember the famous passage? The apostles said, look, it's not right for us to wait on tables. Choose seven men from among you. This is where the deacon ministry started. But he said, we, they said, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, for years, I read that and I thought, well, they're godly praying men. And of course, they are. Until one day I read in the Greek text, he didn't say we'll devote ourselves to prayer. He said we will devote ourselves to the prayers. And here's the again, the significance of that I believe that what Peter and the other apostles were saying there is not just that we're going to be praying men, although we know they were, but that we're going to continue to do two things. We're going to continue to preach this gospel And we're going to continue to organize the congregation into regular prayer meetings. The prayers is a way of saying the congregation coming together for prayer. And listen, there is almost no example in the book of Acts of an apostle praying by himself. From this passage and forward... Almost every single example of prayer, and there are numerous examples of prayer in the book of Acts. Practically every single page is about a prayer meeting. But almost every example of prayer from this verse on forward is a prayer meeting of the congregation or a group of leaders, not just a single individual. I can think of one or two examples where there were just one where there is just one person praying, but the vast, overwhelming majority of times in the book of Acts where prayer occurs, it's the congregation or a group of people coming together to cry out to God. So therefore, when the apostles said, we'll devote ourselves to the ministry of the word and to the prayers, it was that they saw their role as keeping the congregation in prayer all the time and keeping the continuity of these congregational prayer meetings going. They were born in a prayer meeting and they continued 
in a prayer meeting. And everywhere you turn, let me give you one more example that everyone will be very familiar with. When you turn over to the story of Peter being arrested in Acts chapter 4, the the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, that when he was arrested, the church had... No recourse when Peter was arrested. James had already been executed, and so they thought, well, this is it. You know, now our other leader is going to be executed. But here's the thing. In those days, the church had next to no money. They had no political clout. They didn't have Evelyn Davison uh, (laughs) helping with uh, the legislature and keeping the religious uh, issues before their congressmen and so forth. They had no manpower. They just had God power. They had prayer power. So when the early church had one of their leaders in jail, Mm -hmm. what could they do? They had no money. They had no political clout. All they could do was pray. And the Bible says that when Peter was put in prison, Acts chapter 4, verse 23, says this, Uh, When they were released, they went out to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, O sovereign Lord. And then several verses of the prayer they prayed. And then verse 31 says, and when they prayed, the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. A couple things jump right off the page, and that is this, that if the early church, which was the most, the fastest, it was the fastest growing movement in the history of the world, Mm -hmm. fastest growing non-military movement in the history of the world, was the early church. If the early church grew, ministered, operated completely on the power of prayer, Have we invented something better than God's plan in the 21st century? Wow. I don't think so. The house of prayer is the model for the church. Not just when you and I pray individually, although I'm a believer in that, you're a believer in that. We encourage people to have a daily devotional life. But I have come in my ministry over the years to believe that one of the most important things that I can do as a pastor is to call my people to regular times of congregational prayer. If I can get my people praying, and if other pastors get their churches praying, we will accomplish God's plan for us in this generation through prayer. And I believe we've exhausted every other option. It is now time for us to return to the blueprint that God has for his church, which is to be a house of prayer. With Dr. Kai, this is exactly what America needs to hear today because we are in some very destitute times when all that we can manufacture, all we can put together is coming to a, to a closure. Really, when you think about the vulnerability that we have right. for our children and, and even for our churches with all the things that, you know, we've mentioned come on in Houston, we need to take our break. When we come back, I want to talk about family prayer. It is imperative that we as families, a husband and wives, pray. And um, 
Dr. Um, Jack Graham, who is um, a, to be our national chairman, honorary chairman for NDP next year, uh, will be leading us in praying for the seven centers of power. Mm. And the number one focus this coming year is family. So when we come back, let's talk about that. We'll be right back with Love Talk right after this. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. Well, we're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville. And come see us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is YOU-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. Come on, isn't it time to update your website? ThinkMarketingTexas.com ThinkMarketingTexas.com You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Van Davison here at the Bridge 1120, today's Christian Talk. Welcome back to Love Talk. Uh, we're talking a lot about prayer with Dr. Bowman, and uh, Evelyn's going to get into that a little bit deeper with him. Well, I am, because uh, if I, there are two churches specifically in this city I know that are houses of prayer, and one is Northwest Fellowship mm-hmm. with Trey, right. Trey Kent. He is a great leader and has helped galvanize pastors across this city uh, to focus on prayer. He's doing a great job. When he wrote his 24-hour thing, he called me and we met and we prayed. And we launched it at the Governor's Prayer Breakfast that year. And he has stood so strongly mm. in this city with other pastors. Yeah. Uh, and not just pastors, but individuals sure. in doing the things that they do out of their church yeah. at Northwest Fellowship. And we, um, it, there needs to be a final wrap-up about the house of prayer, God's buildings mm-hmm. you know our body is mm-hmm. the building right the the chapel one of the things that disturbed jesus so much i think when he went back to the temple and saw mm-hmm. how he had been traded right the the reverence for god right was traded for something of less value right and we're sure. seeing that in our nation today yeah dr bowman well uh, yeah because it does need to be brought to the forefront and i appreciate what you're having to say give us one more let me just wrap on something, because we, um, most of the church today is Gentile. 
we want to see everybody come to Christ, no matter what their background is. But most of the church worldwide is, are, are Gentiles. But that wasn't always the case. But I want to say to you, we would not even be here today talking about this subject if the early church was not a house of prayer. In the 13th chapter of Acts, and I'll just wrap this up quick, the Bible says, Now there were in the church at Antioch, Prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So there's only two names in there we even recognize, Barnabas and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now, Evelyn, this is one of those passages that we can read and sort of skim over as if it's just, right. you know, um, uh, like reading a menu. It's not really something that tr attracts our attention. But stop and look at it. What did the Holy Spirit do right there? He called Barnabas and Saul to start the first missionary journey of the church. Up until Acts chapter 13, the church was primarily a Jewish movement. After Acts chapter 13, it's almost all primarily a Gentile movement. And, of course, we want everyone to come to Christ. But after Acts 13, we see the church emerging as it is today. And that is not just a localized movement in Israel or in the Middle East, but a movement that literally touches the four corners of the earth. And how did that movement begin? The, begin. the Holy Spirit called these men while there was a group of leaders in a prayer meeting. They had met together and they were obviously praying about where do we go from here. And while they were praying, the Holy Spirit. Spirit said, I want Barnabas and Saul to take this gospel to the world. And they left from that moment and sailed into first into Turkey and then eventually into Europe. And so the gospel of Jesus Christ became a worldwide movement, first at Pentecost, next at Antioch. And both of these major movements occurred when people were what? Praying, mm -hmm. not planning, not preaching. Praying, So the house of prayer is absolutely essential to the movement and the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, we pray so that more people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. That is so true, uh, Dr. Bowman. And, and so often we pray more people out of the hospital than we do out of hell. <laughs> uh, and that's changing. Yeah. And it's changing because uh, of pastors like you. And just as important as it is to go to the house of prayer for worship, for praise, for finding places to do what he called Paul and, and Silas to do. Right. Uh, it is also a place where we are to bring our family to the point Amen. that they fully understand the responsibility we have as citizens right. of this great nation to protect and preserve the freedoms that we have to do what we're talking about. Right. Well, as a pastor and as a parent, uh, I have three children. They're all adults now. They all live in Austin. I'm gr grateful for that. But as I look back on uh, when Tina and I were raising our kids, teaching them to pray, teaching them about the Bible, I would say one of the most important things, if I could give a quick nugget of uh, advice or counsel, one of the most important things that we need to do with our kids is, ex is not expect them to pray like theologians, not expect them to pray like pastors or Sunday school teachers. They're children, and so they're going to understand prayer in a different way. 
But uh, when my uh, middle daughter, who uh, is uh, very active in our church, she's a beautiful singer, mm-hmm. and you've yes. heard her sing, and she's a great Christian girl. When she was just a little girl, I mean maybe three or four years old, uh, Tina had taken the girls to the mall, went out to the car, and the car wouldn't start. And this is before we had cell phones and everything. And so she's thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Well, Laura, who was just a little bitty girl, maybe three or four years old, said, what's the matter? She said, oh, I, she said, the car won't start. I pray it starts. Well, Tina was using a figure of speech. Mm-hmm. I pray it starts. And Laura said, I'll pray. And and then Tina thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to I've set this child up for failure. What are we going to do? She said, OK, Laura, you go ahead and pray. And Laura prayed, God is great. God is good. God, we thank you for this food. Amen. And Tina turned the key and the car started. So uh, Laura has been a great believer in prayer ever since. But so I would say to parents and grandparents, let children be children in prayer. Don't don't let's not labor our kids down with, you know, 15, 20 minute prayer meetings. Don't expect them to enjoy the prayer meetings that adults enjoy, but lead them as children to l- express their love and their hopes to God. Well, that is so good. Man, you've got an illustration of one time you and David got stuck in the sand or something. Yeah, uh, David, uh, we were out in the boonies. And uh, got stuck in the sand in the car, and and uh, I said, I don't know what we're going to do, David. And of course, that was way before cell phones. <laughs> and uh, uh, he said, Well, Daddy, let's pray. Amen. And uh, he prayed that you know we would uh, someone would get us out of there. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't three minutes till the guy came roaring up and helped us get out. Like a miracle. (laughs) It was a miracle. Amen. Well, those are the things that make life so interesting. And we don't forget those things as families. Those become our treasured memories as our children are praying. Amen. Just recently, our oldest son, David, was talking about, uh, was uh, in a church that, uh, they are in another church now, Mission Church, and the pastor came up to him and said, what? Why didn't you tell me who your mama is? And David said, well, I thought you knew. And he said, no, I didn't know who your mother was. And David said, well, I just thought everybody knows my mother. Amen. (laughs) And so he asked David, he said, but let me ask you one more question. What was it like living up, growing up in a household like that? And our David is, uh, he could run the world. He said, well, it was very simple. It was Psalms for breakfast, it was Hebrews for lunch, and it, <laughs> and it was Proverbs for supper. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you, don't, you know, don't realize really the impact that right. we have as family prayers, Absolutely. and, and pr- family prayer time is so important. And that's one of the things we wanted to offer you today is an opportunity to have the downloadable book on the power of family prayer, and you can get that at uh, nationaldayofprayer.org, www.nationaldayofprayer.org. It's free. Go online and download it and begin to join us and make your house a house of prayer also. Well, you know, Dr. Bowman, uh, we have had a good time today, and uh, we are, we've been talking basically to people that are Christians, but we have a lot of people that do not know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of life. And I want us to take just a couple of minutes uh, and 
share with them, with our audience today, how they can come to know that God answers prayer. Thank you. Evelyn, thank you very much. And, and let me just say I love you, Van, so much. And I thank God for your friendship and your fellowship in the gospel from the first day we met until now. And I appreciate so much being here. I love people that don't know Jesus because I remember being one of those people. And it's so exciting for me to just share that God loves you, whoever you are, wherever you are right now, no matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what you've done, how many times you've done it or who you've done it with. God loves you. And if we will personally repent, say, Lord, I have sinned against you and I admit it. And say, Lord, forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, and save me now. Jesus himself said, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. That's God's promise. Mm -hmm. Paul said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus died on that cross so that we don't have to do any heavy lifting to be saved. He has done it all. All we need to do now is call upon the Lord, repenting of our sins and confessing that Jesus is Lord. It says, Lord, come into my life. And if we'll pray that simple prayer, believing that God has done what he said, we will be saved. And it's forever. 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 Well, we want to thank you, Dr. Bowman, for being with us today. Give us your phone number at Hyde Park. 512-459-6587. And our email address, uh, our uh, website is hpbc.org, like Hyde Park Baptist Church dot org. Check us out. Yes. Well, we thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, Mr. D, for being here. You oh, made I've, it very interesting today. I've enjoyed it. I hadn't said a lot, but I've enjoyed it. You've listened. That's what you do most of the time anyway. Uh, well, we do thank Amen. you for joining us today. And you can get in touch with us at, on the Love Line at 512-249-6535. If you need the... Um, Address for downloading the prayer thing from National Day of Prayer. You can call it the station here or go to ktxw.org. In the meantime, we pray you'll have a great week and that you'll join us again next week for Love Talk. Mm-hmm.